Welcome to another episode of the Oscar Central Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. And today we are going to be going over Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, um, having a little review, a discussion, and of course, talk about the Oscar potential around it. Um, Today, I am joined by an amazing panel of some regulars and some new faces. Um, And so I guess to start off, uh, Destiny, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm I'm ready to join the Jabari. Um, <laughs> just let me know when we're going to do that. All right. Um, here. Leo, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to be here. Uh, ready to talk some Black Panther and some Oscars. So I appreciate it. And great first time being on. Thanks. And of course, um, we have the regulars. Adriano, how are you? Oh, I'm stellar. I'm also excited to talk about this awesome movie. Spoiler alert for my opinions. Uh, Nicole, how are you? I'm good. I saw your tweets, Adriano, and I was like, oh, okay. I know I have someone on my side. (laughs) And Kenzie, how are you? I am great. I cannot believe this is my second Marvel movie ever. But I'm really excited to When's your third? TBD. Your, your third is Nicole, soon when I make you watch Winter Soldier. <laughs> Nicole has like a list of how to like keep me going, but it's really funny because Nicole, Jacob, and Leo are like the people that are always telling me like you just gotta keep you just gotta get into them. <laughs> so I'm really excited that Leo's here specifically because Leo is like my my Marvel person. Like I him and my sister like the two like I'm like okay is this like too Marvel for me? Like can I try? Like what is the so I'm so excited that Leo's here. And Destiny, I've been obsessed with for, like, months, like, literally. So I'm so excited she's finally <laughs> on one of our shows. Yeah, and um, I guess she can go ahead and open it up. Uh, so to start off the show, we just go around and say what we've seen recently. Um, kind of quick thoughts of what we thought about it and if there's any Oscar potential from that. So what have you been seeing recently and what do you think about it? me yeah um Mm -hmm. what have i seen gosh i've seen everything i've seen devotion the menu after sun yes tar all the things but i think the thing that should be nominated or that has potential being nominated obviously tar i think kate blanchett is going to get that best actress nomination if there's one thing that the academy loves it's kate blanchett um, but I think after Sun, a lot of people are talking about the 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 movie for its like originality and all this stuff, and I think it's original. But I wonder if screenplay is a little too overrated because there's a little bit of an issue about being too vague. Like you can be vague and be like, "Ooh, okay, maybe that's a little, you know, that maybe that's there's something there that's like really good about its vagueness." But this is like super vague. But anyway, that wasn't the question. The question was, "What did you watch that could be?" Um, I think Paul Mescal has a chance of yes. being nominated. Yes. Uh, for sure, because he he acts his ass off. And the fact that Phoebe Bridgers, you know, announced their engagement or whatever just after the release of that movie tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely agree with uh with all of that, especially the after sun take. Uh Leo, what about you? What have you been seeing recently? Well, recently I saw I guess in terms of Oscar eligibility, Tar, 
uh, which Kate Blanchett for sure, I think is in the running for actress. I actually had a lot lined up. I had women talking lined up. I had the whale lined up. I got COVID. So unfortunately the timing was bad, but uh, still got those on the, on the docket. Saw Wakanda forever. And then bones and all saw that Wednesday. I don't think uh, Wakanda forever. We can talk about that a little bit later, but I don't really think bones and all anything, but tar Kate Blanchett, I think for sure is in the actress yeah. running. Funny enough, Tarn never came out around me, so I'm gonna have to wait till it either comes out on VOD or um, hey. until or I get a screener of it. Um, Nicole, what about you? Uh, so I also saw Tar, <laughs> uh, which obviously, yeah, I think that's that's gonna be in probably multiple categories, not just Best Actress. I also this week saw Bardo, which you know, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, maybe it is going to get in, in some places. I personally think it's probably a little too weird for the Academy. Um, but we'll see. It's in Yurito, so who knows? Uh, I saw Tell, which, goddamn, that's a movie, um, in a good way. <laughs> uh, particularly like as a historian and as a public historian in particular, that movie just really floored me. I thought it was amazing. And if, I mean, let's talk about the best actress conversation. Like, I love Kate, but I want to see her lose. Um, and then what else did I see? I saw a movie that is not Oscar eligible, but is delightful. Enola Holmes 2 is a fantastic sequel to the first Enola Holmes movie. Also, I'm going to come out and say it. It is my favorite Henry Cavill role. Um, that man in those costumes with that hair. <laughs> really, really does it. And also, I think it's such a good reminder that like, Millie Bobby Brown is so charismatic and can do more than one thing because I feel like in Stranger Things we only really get to see her play like a fairly one note character um, and not that it's bad like I think she's good in that role but it's nice to see her do something very different and also be great at it um, and then what else did I say I saw Wakanda Forever twice so I saw and I will note because she can't be here because she's sick um, I saw it the first time with Lex at a press screening um, and it was Lex's first press screening that she got to go to. So that was a very exciting moment for us to be at a press screening together, both as press. Um, so shout out to that. And she has an article coming soon on specifically the Oscar chances for Wakanda Forever. Amazing. Um, Adriana, what about you? Uh, I saw a whole lot of stuff. I don't remember the last time I was on here. So I'll... I'll... I'll keep it more recent. I uh, I rewatched After Sun. I saw it at TIFF, and I liked it a lot there. But a rewatch of that movie, and plus a conversation with the Oscar expert, uh, gave me such a much larger appreciation for that movie. Um, it is like truly a beautiful movie, but I also think that the Oscar talk around it is very wishful thinking. Um, I did see Pinocchio, which I I can't stress this enough. I think that is a flawless movie. I was weeping at the end. It was mm -hmm. it's such a beautiful film. And I really think that if Netflix plays their cards right, which it looks like they are, that this could be a really big player. Um, like not so like, you know, not like director or anything like that, but like, you know, I'm talking picture. Yeah, you never know. Like yeah, let's not get hasty. <laughs> All um, I'm going to say is like, we'll talk about that another time. All right. Um, I also saw Bardo and I like it more the more I think about it. But like, man, that first viewing, I was just like, as I was watching, it, I was just like, what is what is happening here? Mm -hmm. It's very 
I think the cinematography is genuinely like borderline jaw dropping, but man, it's just it's very, very like I I, I get the self indulgent uh, you know takes on it. You know what I mean? Like it, it is very much that, and I don't think it's gonna go near best picture because it's very, for lack of a better term, a twenty forty. Um, and what else? And I also saw a Black Panther, but you know we're gonna. Do, do that in a second Kenzie what about you um we were off last week because I was at AFI for a bit um so I've seen a lot I saw she said women talking bones and all um Pinocchio um and I just cried all weekend and then um, I finished AFI with Is That Black Enough for You, which is now streaming on Netflix. And I literally rewatched it last night. I think it's one of the best documentaries on film that I've seen in the last like 10 years. I would love to live in Elvis Mitchell's mind. I think I like love listening to people talk about movies, but like listening to him talk about movies is so, I don't know. I love it so much. And I like, I need Criterion to announce they're making a Criterion of it because I want to physically own it because it's something like I feel is necessary to show other people. Like I would love to show Daisy it one day because I love films about films and filmmaking and it's just so great. And the interviews he got are just exceptional. And then I saw Black Panther. Oh, I saw um, the Fablemans. Um I did not like it one bit. I think it is the way people are talking about Bardo. Like, honestly, I don't know why no one's talking. I mean, I know why no one's talking about the Fablemans that way. I think Steven Spielberg gets passed from everyone. And this is a pass for me. Like, I would not recommend it to anyone I know. Um, But yeah, I am excited that I did go out and see Black Panther, though, because I saw it with like a big crowd obviously it sold out at every screening so but that was like I didn't love the movie which we'll talk about but I like I admired the experience because I typically don't go see movies that are sold out like I have been alone in theaters quite often lately so like it was really fun to do that but AFI like I feel like I think I've seen like 12 movies in like four days and I thought I was getting a break this week but I'm not because it's like I like living in LA like I was so confused why so much is coming out this weekend it's like the inspection she said um the menu and then there's something else oh bones and all is coming out this weekend in LA so it's like a jam-packed weekend also but it was nice to like I kind of like started the week with Pinocchio and then I wish I had ended it with Black Panther, but I ended it with the Fablemans, but, you know, but Pinocchio, like, Pinocchio, Women Talking, and She Said are, like, the most I've cried in a movie, like, maybe in the past, like, 10 years, and it was, like, three days in a row, and it was just, it was a lot, and I recommend if you're watching any of those to not watch them back to back. Um, Pinocchio is, like, a very different kind of cry than the other two, but it's still, like, the waterworks, and... Mm -hmm. If you can see Pinocchio, it's in theaters right now. So try to go see it in theaters. I know Netflix makes it hard to see 
anything in theaters depending on where you live but if you can see it in the theater see it in the theater but otherwise it'll be fine to watch at home because you will sob at the end and you will be in the comfort of your house so I don't really think it's a bad thing but loved it so much Jacob um luckily for Pinocchio's sake uh which I'm working on a piece right now that hopes to be published soon about release dates and everything um it technically will be the first Netflix movie to be shown in a regal theater um I think this weekend so hopefully by doing that it makes it a little bit more accessible for people to go see it um which other than Black Panther Pinocchio was one of the movies I saw which I absolutely everyone I've pretty sure everyone knew my feelings about it going into the movie um and they only were validated coming out of it I absolutely loved it uh it's in my top two of the year um I just I have so much so much love for that movie and for what it does and for how it tells its story and for um the visual aspect of it and just the feats that were accomplished by doing it um but i agree i know adriano and kenzie both said it they were like yeah i was pretty fine during the entire movie and then the last 10 minutes were just like punch after punch after punch i just want to say it was really offensive that um i saw it pretty close because the theater i saw it in was kind of like not at the best like stadium mm-hmm. kind of seating and i'm very short so i was like i gotta sit towards the front I, ke- I kept making this mistake of sitting behind people and i couldn't see like half the screen it was so rude to do that ending and then yeah. make like guillermo del toro and christoph waltz and the co-director mark like all these people come out and finn finn um wolf 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 hard, yeah. Okay, he's like directly in front of me, and I was like, I put my, I kept my glasses on, so I was like, you can't see like whatever is happening here, like, but yeah, that movie. Oh man. Well, it's it's so funny because for me and my roommate, we both went to see it, and there's something that happens that is really sad, but I was like, okay, like this is sad. And I kind of like expected for this to happen. And then it's the thing that happens right after. <laughs> and we were like, no! you know, it's like, we're okay, like for, ready to fight. <laughs> the same thing kind of happened to me in Black Panther, where I was like, okay, like that's it. And then something like more like traumatizing happens on screen. And you're like, okay, all the tears I was kind of like able to like not suck in, but like keep from falling. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> So I just got to say, I feel like that's also a common thing with Ryan Coogler. Is I feel like mm-hmm. he like keeps you on like a like an edge and then he like whack, and I but Pinocchio did that too. And I was just like, enough, enough. Yep. But I'm I'm assuming like this week I won't cry too much. Like, I don't think the menu is going to make me like. Maybe it depends. We'll um, see. We'll see. But yeah, other than Pinocchio, I saw Bardot, which I kind of am on the same plane as everyone else. I think I admired it more than I actually liked it. Uh, I do want to see it again because it is one of those movies where, for me, I didn't really pick up on what was actually being told until like very late, uh, which could be my fault. Um, That's why I really want to watch it again. But um, 
but yeah, I had a very similar experience with everyone else. Um, but getting into the news for the week, to start it off on a very hot note, uh, an Oscar host was announced, and it is Jimmy Kimmel, who was doing his third host since 2017. I think he did 2017 and 2018, and he'll be doing this year. Um, I guess I'll start with Kinsey. What are your thoughts on the Jimmy Kimmel hosting the Oscars? Okay, I gotta say, a lot of people came out and they were like, you know what, it's not that bad, he's fine. But are people just like misremembering how much he like mm-hmm. actively hated being on stage? Like he made it seem like it was like like a chore. And I'm like, first off, you're clearly getting paid. The second off, like you get to promote <laughs> this on your own show all week because it's the same network. Like I don't know. It just is. It's not only boring. I just want someone who is not going to get up there and be like these movies are too goddamn boring like i i i don't know like i it's would so, it's so i would rather see a person someone. who likes movies host it yeah. and jimmy kimmel does not often give me the vibes of a person who likes movies and there's also several films this year that i'm just a little bit afraid like i really don't want to hear jimmy kimmel make a bunch of jokes about like women talking or she said well, I, it was um, tar too long like that's gonna be like exactly yeah, I I know I know he's not Nicole's favorite person in the world, um, but I still will always remember the Hugh Jackman opening monologue where he did the performance about all the movies, and I think something like that to kind of like well, celebrate and highlight everything. Who should be hosting mm-hmm. is Kiki Palmer, and like I don't know if I'm assuming they questioned a lot of people before they settled on Jimmy Kimmel, and they got a lot of no's. But Kiki Palmer, it was the Met Gala, right? Where, like, the video of her with Timothy Chalamet, and they're like, remember, we did this show together? Like, she just, like, and she loves movies. Like, she Mm -hmm. loves, and she's in a movie from this. Like, I don't understand. I think they should have gotten Ariana DeBose. She was. Wait, I got it right now. You want two hilarious people who love movies? Get Key and Peele to host. Yes. Okay. Honestly, yes. yeah. Amazing. 100%. Ama- like, as much as I'm normally on my, like, Steve Martin, uh, Selena Gomez, uh, Martin, Martin Short, Short train, like, yeah, that. <laughs> and, like, oh, my God. They'd be so good. And, they'd okay. Um, he was, he did the, the, was that the Oscars where he was presenting and he was on, like, wires and they were, like, pulling him? Am I going crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, Oscars. the Keegan-Michael Key did one. I, I believe I know what you're talking okay. about. Okay, so, but, like, he's down for the bits mm-hmm. and they would be funny bits. They yeah. wouldn't do a Jimmy Kimmel and be like, let me go across the street to a movie theater, like, okay. <laughs> movie like... Okay. like, I'm, okay, my thing is, I'm very glad that it's November. We know who the host is. That's really exciting. There are producers nailed down. But it's like, why? Like, I don't want another jet ski thing. I want, yeah. like, I don't know. I It just, it's, I'm not excited about the telecast in general, but it's just like, like, I'm sorry. We all know he's going to come out with a Will Smith joke. Like, we all know gonna he's going to make, like, again, some, yeah. and I, it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it's It's not only boring. I just feel like it's the wrong choice. Especially like we're approaching the 100th anniversary of the Oscars, and I think that like 
the Oscars need to get back to this, like, they need to stop leaning into being accessible to everyone and lean into, like, focusing on the people that watch it year to year. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, doing... Oh, I was like, Jimmy Kimmel's the opposite. Like, he doesn't make it feel, like, grand or, like, anything. And it's, like, he's not modernizing it or anything. Like, okay, he's not bringing they keep, anything new to the table. Like, they keep talking about, like, wanting to get the younger people excited about the He's not going to get anyone younger. <laughs> no Gen no. Z person is going to be like, ah, Jimmy Kimmel, now I shall watch. Like, yeah, like, it's so <laughs> boring. It's like the choice for, like, Chris Evans' is hottest man, right? Like, it, it, he is hot. <laughs> But it's like it's boring like we knew that five years <laughs> exactly. ago that he was hot like just give the girls something to talk about and they did not they did the opposite they gave the girls nothing to talk about <laughs> with jimmy kimmel especially coming off of the quinta brunson body on the floor um uh oh god what was it was it the, the emmys? emmys yeah yeah the emmys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah the emmys you know and and I'm wondering if they'll do like a little throwback to that, like have Quinta be up there and do something, but she's not, you know, that wouldn't make sense because she doesn't do movies, you know what I mean? But anyways, yeah, it's so boring. How can you get Gen Z? Like something to get Gen Z would be like Florence Pugh or Timothy Chalamet or uh, any of the Euphoria girls. Um, I saw someone pitch um, Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet together and I was like, okay, like I was like- they're too well, again, famous they are, to do it, but like it would well, be. Well, they so are has peaked though. with the with the Gen Z too, because because someone's watching. They all Hustler. dress like him now. Yeah, but anyway, sorry, what were you saying, Adriano? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like if they, and also they gotta get like a comedian, which I I get that. Like if they need, they really sure. need a comedian. Like I, I I I keep on pitching like Nick Kroll and John Mulaney. Like I know like young people like those fuckers, um, yeah, or like. You know, or even like I know they're technically older, but like I, I do keep it going back to like a Steve Martin now. Like that, that could definitely bring people in. Maybe not well, every honestly person, bring like, back Billy Crystal. Billy like, Crystal would be like yes. the way to get but so the thing I keep thinking about is the three host thing would have worked if one it was three like overwhelmingly f- if, basically if it wasn't amy schumer but yeah like, yeah anybody but amy yeah. schumer will take them. if there wasn't the th- two hilarious the three people was very, not the very issue sore it, like but like that could have been cool if they had three like different kinds of comedians like you start out with Bill- like or end with billy crystal and like you work your way up through different types of comedians and let them have full control of each section of the show but it's just like you have to pick, like, because what? Who is Jimmy Kimmel appealing to? Like, even my mom, who probably watches Jimmy Kimmel, was like, "Why Jimmy Kimmel?" Like, there's just no like. If you're gonna get like a cis straight white man, like, get someone like with appeal. Evan Peters. Okay, honestly, wait. Can you imagine a Ryan Murphy produced Oscars? <laughs> oh no, my wait, god! No, I would actively cold. not watch it. Would it. Like, so I would strong. actively just. <laughs> Sarah, Paul- Sarah Paulson's gonna host. Oh. <laughs> Listen, Sarah Paulson they- would do better. They need to no. have Nick Kroll host. They gotta bring Harry Styles in, have him kiss him on the mouth, Wait. on the stage. <laughs> Boom! The have, ratings are there. Have everyone from Don't Worry Darling host. Yeah, like, that's what I was Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I'm telling you, the world, the world would tune in. The, the world, world would be a joke about Olivia Wilde. Okay, here's the thing though. 
whatever you know? <laughs> she um, did come out actually yeah like the honestly. salad is hosting the oscars the salad uh, dressing. Okay, here, here, here's the thing about that though obviously it's it's obviously that would never happen but you know it would get the views like it would that get the ratings they're desperate watching. for I, don't, I just don't understand the Jimmy Kimmel of Bo it all. Burnham would be another Gen Z favorite. And I honestly like the idea. Oh, my God. Bo yeah. Burnham, Bo Burnham wow, would I'm be shook. the worst host ever. And that would is he? coming yeah, from someone who awkward. loves Bo Burnham. He would, he would get up there. He would be, I feel like he would be a Ricky Gervais host. And he would get up oh. there and he would just start, like, roasting. Because, like, Bo Burnham hates, like, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, he doesn't really and like, that's, like, his, so, like Ricky Gervais. Also, I get Ricky Gervais can get some like audiences in. I will. No, say, no, and I know? think I think Bo Burnham would too. And this is again coming from someone who loves Bo Burnham. I just know it would be like the last thing he would ever want to do. <laughs> like he yeah. would, he would be okay. very like against it. What about Gerard Carmichael? Because he just had. He the... would be really good. Ooh, good. That good would be one. a very good one. I don't know if he'd do it either, though. Yeah, I don't think he would. Do oh, it. I don't think he would, yeah. but it'd be a good one. But I would like to see it. Or like Hassan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot. I can't say his last name, but I can't um, get Key and Peele out of my head. Yeah. Oh, he like, wow, great. they would be yeah, so cool with that comedy <laughs> okay, energy going back and forth. And Jimmy Kimmel just oh, I think feels like such would a be weird like the ideal. It, it just feels like such a weird safe choice. Like it's like okay, he's done two more. Do we really need him? Back? Especially getting that is how many people have hosted three times? It's like Billy Crystal and like. like are we saying that he is of that caliber? Like, no, no. he's not. <laughs> like, but it's like, that's what they're doing. It's so weird. And like, I just, I don't know. So my whole thing with him hosting the second time was just because he, I don't think he is a good host, but he reacted appropriately during the envelope mix up. Like when he came on stage, he kind of relieved some tension. Like he, he wasn't blaming anyone. He was just making jokes. Oh. Like, and that was from him having live TV experience because, like, he's used to things going wrong, which is where you get in the trouble when you have someone like Hugh Jackman or, like, they're not on TV, so they don't know, like, you know. But it's just, like, he did the second time after with it. And I'm pretty sure the second time was the jet ski, right? Yeah, it was the shape yes. of the water year, yeah. 2018, yeah. yeah. So, like... He did his thing, but he complained the whole time about the fish man. The whole time. The whole time. He was like, why are you guys watching a movie with a fish man? Which, like, you can joke about that if you're watching the movies. But if you're, like, over here, like, roasting the movies and it was very clear he had not watched all of them, like, you have no business being here. I just, I don't know. Steve I Martin's hosted three times already. Yeah. Uh, Billy Crystal's done nine. But that's what I'm Let's saying. Let's go for yeah. 10. Let's go for 10. <laughs> like, you cannot tell me that Jimmy Kimmel should be in that club of people. Like, mm -hmm. I, I don't think there should be, like, a cap on how many times you host. But, like, let's put a cap down on Jimmy Kimmel. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is it. This is your swan He song. does not get to enter the elite club of no! Oscar hosts. Like, <laughs> well, there have only no. been eight that have hosted three or more times. So he would be one of like the nine now uh people that have hosted does three jimmy or more kimmel times. ever deserve to be on a list of one of nine like no <laughs> unless it's like a list of people you never want to see again like a I don't list know. of late night show host named jimmy that's the only one he's literally on. why are they all named james hey, he's I number don't one understand. on that one i'll give him that oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but bad, bad announcement at least james corden <laughs> likes movies 
Okay, but at least no, he's not okay, hosting. Okay, hold on. At no, least he's listen, not hosting. I'd rather I'd rather Jimmy Kimmel host. You know what you guys should have done? James because Gordon I was come a, near the the theater. I was really busy that day when it was announced. You guys should have been like one of the Jimmys is hosting and made me guess which one. Because <laughs> I would have. Oh, sure... I'll, I'll, th- I'll throw another name. I'll throw another name in there. Conan O'Brien would be the perfect host. He'd oh my be god! So good. Yeah, I think that would be. Okay, great, I'm gonna be man. thinking about that. But the thing is, Sorry. he's so tall. Hey, he's got time on his Burnham. Like, how do you like the camera? Yeah. The extra camera work to get those men in. <laughs> I would Touché. love Conan, but I love, but I like love him. Like, I would follow him anywhere. Oh yeah. Um, moving on, uh, a big announcement came this weekend. Marcel Lachelle, Apollo, and Apollo Ten and a Half were both deemed eligible for animated feature Oscar, which. Uh, Marcel was never deemed ineligible, but Apollo Ten and a Half, of course, was, and they have reversed that. Um, I will start with I'll start with Leo on this one. Um, what are your thoughts about Marcel and Apollo Ten and a Half both being eligible for animated feature? So that was one I forgot to mention in movies I just watched. I actually just watched Marcel last night. So Oh loved, my god. Loved Marcel. I mean, it was just so charming. Talk about crying and, in a movie. <laughs> man, so I mean, cute. That cute little shot where he's just watching the last little report and then before it shows everybody, mm-hmm. shows him in the package meeting everyone and then it pans back to him and he's with everybody watching it. It is so good. It's emotional. Jenny Slate does a great job of making this cute little character. You just want to just want to hug him and squeeze him and rock him back and forth. So cute. But I think I'm I'm happy about it. I'm super ecstatic that it's eligible for animation. I didn't catch why it wasn't, though. Is it because like it's not really animated? Like, well, so uh Marcel was never deemed ineligible. Um Apollo 10 and a half was deemed ineligible because they said they used roto- like too much rotoscoping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marcel, they were iffy about if it met the criteria of it. Which, I mean, the producer, A24, and the director were always, like, ahead of it, knowing that they would be able to reach it. But it was just the live-action aspect of it. Um, That makes sense. And for the folks at home, rotoscoping is the process of using live-action images and then reverting them back into animated images, I believe. Something very similar to that. So... um, a lot of uh, what um, what Richard Linklater, right, who did Apollo mm-hmm. Ten and a Half, or um, what he had to do was prove to the Academy that they actually used two D animation of some sort, and the Academy had to look mm-hmm. through the rule book and you know all that bureaucracy stuff, and uh, they they qualified. But it feels like the Academy needs to kind of loosen up on some rules. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I think I think the big thing about Apollo Ten and a Half was they. They were putting it more in line with mocap than they were with actual animation. Um, <clears throat> but like you said, they had to get their animators and like be like, no, like we we did do rotoscoping, but we also had to like hand draw everything and you know put it out there eventually. So, um, but yeah, does anyone else have anything they want to add about these two being eligible? I better go watch Apollo. I haven't seen it, but Marcel. I'm- Ah, I'm ecstatic about uh, that. That's that's my movie. 
that is my that is my right. to die on, on the is list. Marcel the shell with shoes on. I understand there was a movie by a big company about a panda and a boy band. I understand that, but <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Marcel the shell on this one. I don't know if that makes me anti-feminist. I have no idea, <laughs> but I am with Marcel the shell. You heard it here first. You can cancel me later. No, I'm with you, <laughs> Destiny. I'm with you. That Marcel was just so heartfelt and just so, so... cute. Yeah, and oh, the message so is so, good. you know, like for a movie that didn't have to go deep, it, it went pretty deep, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. about grief and loss and stuff that the Red Panda movie did not to me. But that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I also am a, was a 13-year-old girl once. I was. Touches um, really well on like community too and just the, community the effects aspect. of social media as well and the modern era and that how too. people who want to want help may not necessarily get it if they become viral. It's a lot. It's beautiful. Wonderful little film. Points. Um, and moving on from that, we had two big trailers slash teasers. Uh, we had The Whale and John Wick 4. Um, I have never seen a John Wick movie Wait, Jacob, you you didn't respond in any of our group chats about how literally Nicole, Dan from Next to Us, and I, we were all like, I've never seen any of the John Wick movies. And Jacob never responded. What is going on? Okay, but wait, can someone address this for me? So I, the first time I saw the trailer was um, ahead of Black Panther. And I was like, Bill Skarsgård? Like, I know that is not the takeaway. (laughs) I didn't see the trailer so you saying that right now is already like she's I like, have to see it she's like I can I pause this I gotta go see but yeah, like, me... like, <laughs> like right back, I, it was so funny too because um Black Panther my screening started late so like everyone was there it wasn't like one of those times where you're watching the trailers and like nobody's in the theater but like everyone was there because it started late and Bill Skarsgård pops on screen, and I, my friend and I didn't get seats next to each other. So I literally was like Bill Skarsgård, like out loud, <laughs> but I was like alone, like I wasn't with any. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that movie looks beautiful. I I mean, not just Bill Skarsgård, but like. It looks Kins, so... we gotta catch up in order. Yeah, in, yeah, y'all catch gotta up. catch up. Y'all gotta catch. It okay. all starts yeah. over a dog. It's you gotta okay, catch that, up. That that is gonna get me because same. I, I, I would do. I would spawn a whole franchise of movies if someone harmed my dog. So, but <laughs> I and I also really love Keanu. So I'm like, I, like I don't know why I haven't seen them. I just like wasn't interested i guess when the first one came out let me tell you about the john wick franchise it is known for its stylish action set pieces so going in like it's just straight up action beginning to end and it's stylish it's shot well the choreography is super good i mean this guy and one of them he's riding on a horse pulls out a katana and starts fighting some guys it's like over the top stylish action it's okay i love that because um stylish action like atomic blonde like all really work for me like if i'm gonna okay. watch something that's like very actiony i want it to be like cool looking like that's why like mm. the matrix movies really work for me like i was like i was very late on them but like i like them I didn't see any. I have also never year. seen a Matrix. I have never seen a Matrix. <laughs> or a Terminator. Not a Terminator? Not a Terminator? I've not seen a Terminator. I've not seen I've a Fast and the Furious. Cool. I've you only seen, seen I've never been Fast nor Furious. 
This is like my bread and butter right here. Okay, I have only seen Tokyo Drift, and it is just because the guy from Friday Night Lights was in it. So my school (laughs) took us to go see Tokyo Drift. So going back to Atomic Blonde, though, Atomic Blonde is kind of like John Wick style. So okay, this is like oh yeah style and fandom that, that is like wait, correct me if i'm wrong is it the same director is did, did david leach do that one too uh did he do atomic blonde i don't think so yeah i'll look but okay, that was like, Bill, Bill, is bill skarsgård a bad guy like what is going on with bill yeah, skarsgård he's a bad guy. <laughs> like, He's a I think he's guy. always a bad guy. David except David Leach for, um, did, did you uh, see Barbarian? Did except for Barbarian, oh, I know. Okay, that makes sense then. Yep, David Leach. Okay, I really enjoyed this Sonic Blonde. So, John Wick, we are coming for you. So good. We are coming. So but that trailer is yes. amazing. It's really well cut and like it doesn't show you anything, but it shows you a lot. So And honestly, about this... trailers that give nothing. No. <laughs> this is actually like a deeper John Wick. Like most of them don't really look this deep in the story. And this seems like the deepest dive in terms of vulnerability and who John Wick is that the series will get thus far. Okay, so I, I want to ask my like John like Wickians. Or whatever they would be called. Um, Wickies. What John Wickies? Um, what does it mean that he's gonna be in that like ballerina movie? What's that? Sorry. The Ana de Armas ballerina movie. Is yeah, Keanu Keanu gonna be in that? Is it like the same person? Is it the same universe? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. the ballerina yeah. movie is like a spin-off of the John Wicks. Okay. Be... Is she in any of the movies? Mm-mm. No. Not yet. Okay. What is she okay. in pop up here? This, yeah. yeah. Maybe. I well, okay. if you see the movie, you kind of get what like what they're going for. I I think I think I know what they're going the for. The only thing I know is there's a dog in like a murder hotel, and then that's about it. Um <laughs> but other than John well, Wick, one way to we got <laughs> we got um the epitome of teaser trailer, um, the whale teaser trailer which kenzie got to see that in theaters as well um wait let's uh, talk let... about um before black panther it was like shazam john wick and like a bunch of other things i don't remember and then like the fablemans it was straight up the whale and then um women talking and she said and that was it like Black Panther, it was like forty-five minutes of trailers. I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" Like, I was like, "What's that now?" It was forty-five minutes of trailers because the AMC's here. They don't turn the lights off until the movie starts. Like they leave them mm-hmm. on until like the actual right. movie starts. Well, they they turn them off for the Nicole Kidman thing. That's when like you know it's like mm-hmm. coming. But I always check my phone because um, <laughs> I saw some tweet go viral about this. But the mall that that I go to for the AMC is. Um, Parking's only validated for three hours. So you pay like $2 of validation. But outside of that, it's like you get charged every 15 minutes. So all these movies that are over three hours, like you're you're racking up the parking fees. So there's a sign now that specifically doesn't just say if your movie's over three hours, the validation doesn't really do anything. But now there's a specific sign for Black Panther Wakanda Forever that says... Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is over three hours. The validation will not work. And someone took a picture of it and it went viral on Twitter, obviously. But I mean, 45 minutes of trailers ahead of a movie that's two hours, 47 minutes. Like, mm-hmm. oof. it's and that's on top of like, that if feels... you get there early, like they play like what, 30 minutes of stuff like 
that's excessive. It's, it's excessive. And plus there's like a 10 minute like AMC sign up for stubs or whatever it's called. Like it's like, come on. <clears throat> Come on, but the Fablemans was the opposite. It was literally three trailers, and I was like, "Damn, we're like in and out of here." Like, there's, they were definitely like, it was a lot. But I did see the whale trailer teaser, not a trailer. In and what do you think? Well, I was distracted because this guy that sat behind me that laughed at so much stuff he should not have laughed at during the Fablemans. Um, just want to point that out to set the scene for this man. Um, but my first interaction with this man is as soon as it said a film by Darren Aronofsky on the screen, he goes, fuck that guy. And I was like. Oh, God, is he alive? <laughs> it's a very, like, interesting reaction to a name. Um, but what is this teaser? Like, why did you even put anything out? Like, honestly. This teaser is the epitome of give us nothing. It's literally. No, honestly, having seen the film, I, I can honestly say that, that was the right move. Because it is a very difficult movie to advertise and without like showing you like some stuff. And because like, I, you know, there's not 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 that it's like twisty or anything, but like there's definitely you don't definitely a lot of things you don't want to show. Well, like, I also think they're trying to hold off any controversy from the movie until it comes out. That's all there is. There's doing. I yeah. think controversy, but also like people kind of using Brent Fraser like images for like yeah no that's what i mean like they, they don't want the discourse be... until the movie's here well, and they're gonna have counting... 15 out of context like clips yeah that just go viral yeah but it's just like one that's clearly a problem with audiences honestly that like we've gotten to that point where like we have to like brace ourselves like they're thinking about stuff like that but for me it's like my parents keep asking me about this movie because my dad remembers taking me to see the mummy in theaters repeatedly and it was clearly for Brendan Fraser and not anything else. And Rachel Weiss, we'll be honest, and Rachel Weiss. The the duo did something for me. Um, but like it's so frustrating to like not have anything. And I understand why, but it's just like the movie comes out in less than a month. And the poster is a justified photo that we have had for months on end. Like, I don't understand. It added a bookcase. <laughs> like, they literally put, like, highlighter on him. Like, mm -hmm. what is going on? I Which just... is so funny because you could tell in the trailer, but, like, the color grading in the movie is so not what the poster shows. And so it just, again, it just makes, like, no sense for how they released that poster. It's just, um, I don't know. I, I, I totally have been on board with the, like the lack of marketing for this movie because it constantly being at every film festival and like Brendan is picking up more prizes and like tribute awards than like I'm pretty it, sure he has more also, than Michelle Yeoh, which is like crazy. But like at this point, it's like there's just no point of releasing this. A. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> no, but it's like, who did they release it for? Everyone who's talking about it was already going to see it and was already talking about it. And like, it just like, I mean, it doesn't. I mean, I, for what it's worth, like the movie, like even without the, the trailers or anything, it already got a whole lot of attention. Like, no, all that's for what I'm saying. Like, mm -hmm. like for all, like the, uh, like, like the they didn't need to do anything. Yeah. Like, 
I mean, they have to release something. I get it, but like you know, I think with what they released, I'm like that. That's the correct like what they did, like how they did. I don't think anyone. I think they towed the line well. Yeah, I don't think anyone who. I don't think anyone who saw that that wasn't already going to see it. Like they didn't attract anyone new. Like it. It didn't do anything. It's not gonna like. It was entice it anyone felt, who wasn't already aware of it. It felt way more like an early FYC piece yeah. for Brendan Fraser than it felt like an actual like teaser trailer, which is fine if that's what they were going for and if that's what A24 wants to start getting across as like Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser, Brendan Fraser. But, um, but yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone who, which I mean, I guess the people who are going to see it in a theater setting are going to be people seeing the Fablemans or women talking or um, anything like that. So um, I guess the people who are going to be seeing that would already have seen it. But yeah, I agree. Um, but moving on to what we're actually talking about today, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, um, which the synopsis that I found on Google uh, goes, Queen Ramonda, Sherry, Mbaku, Okoye, and the Dora Milaje fight to protect their nation from intervening world powers in the wake of King T'Challa's death. As the Wakandans strive to embrace their next chapter, the heroes must band together with Nakia and Everett Ross to forge a new path for their beloved kingdom. Um, so I will start with the good uh, that this movie had, and I can, I'll can i start with Nicole, since she wrote such a great review for the site. Um, what were some of the things that you liked about Wakanda Forever? Well, thank you. Um, I have really actually been a big fan of Phase 4 of the MCU. I know that's kind of controversial, but I really like Phase 4. Thank you, yeah. Um, particularly because I think that one of the things that has united Phase 4 is that it has largely been around the theme of grief and loss and how we pick ourselves up after loss. And I think that that makes... Wakanda Forever are really fitting into the phase in that it very much is about grief and how different people deal with grief and sort of both Shuri and and Queen Ramonda and the rest of the Wakandans dealing with the loss of T'Challa but also then we have this new character Namor who is sort of dealing with this grief that he like maybe never quite processed from like hundreds of years ago and how that's still affecting him. And I think that's all really interesting. I think the film's a really, really beautiful tribute to Chadwick Boseman. And I think that in many ways you can feel that this is not just a group of actors acting like they are sad about a fictional character's death. It is a group of people who are genuinely mourning the passing of a coworker and a friend. And I think that that's part of why it feels so special. I also think it's so great to see this film that has so many amazing, powerful, cool, very different women characters. Um, and they don't all have to be the same thing to be strong. Uh, and I, I really like that like nobody ever questions if Shuri can be a leader in Wakanda because she's a woman that's kind of accepted, um, which I appreciated. Uh, I think that also the performances in this film are some of the best in any Marvel film. Like, for all her issues, Letitia Wright gives a great performance in this movie. Um, obviously, Angela Bassett is great. Um, you know, Lupita Nyong'o has never not been good. Winston Duke, incredible. Um, and Denai Guerrera, like, killing it. 
Um, I also will say it was very fun for me to see this after having seen The Woman King because the Dermalaji are very obviously inspired by the Agoshi. Um, and so like I also ended up doing a lot of research on the Agoshi because I interviewed um Dana Stevens, the writer of the movie, and I also am in a class on the slave trade. So like it was very fun to sort of see them again and be like, oh right, that's where this comes from. And now we I, I know that. Uh, but yeah, I also think that this movie is, you know, really visually stunning. Um, they they really said, Ryan Coogler was like, James Cameron, let me get out there before you and make a water movie. <laughs> um, he said, way of water who? Uh, and, and I think that it's really fun. And also, I am always going to love any movie where at the end of the day, the real villain is colonization. So <laughs> I, I really think this is a great, you know, sort of entry in the MCU. And like, does it ever reach the Shakespearean heights of the first Black Panther? No. Um, but I don't think it was even trying to, per se. Like, the first Black Panther is such a special film. And I kind of feel like this is a really, really well done sequel to that, even if it's not sort of the standalone, like I said, like Shakespearean tragedy that the first Black Panther is. Um, Leo, what about you? What did you think were some of the good that came from the movie? Oh man, lots of goods, y'all. Lots of goods over here. But I want to echo what Nicole said. I love phase four as well. I've loved just about every single entry that's come out of it. The only one I could think of that I really didn't like it as much is Black Widow. I didn't really like that much. It wasn't big on Hawkeye. A couple others, but really well, love this movie. I mean, I top to bottom so good let's talk about queen ramonda angela bassett was amazing and every line delivery she had was just crisp top notch i loved how she served as a guide for shuri through this movie and it was unfortunate what happened in this movie to that character but i loved her in every single scene she's in from the beginning where she's in the meeting of the nations and I mean, she had them guys down on them knees like, okay, we got the prisoners ready to go. Not just that, lots of powerful women in this movie. Namor was amazing. I mean, the Talokan and the underwater cinematography was absolutely beautiful. M move over, Aquaman, because <laughs> Black Panther Wakanda Forever blew it out of the water. I really just loved so many things about this movie. It's a visual feast. It's got some of the best cinematography in the MCU with these huge wides and this beautiful shot when we saw the, the center of Talokan and when that sun came out. It was just gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. Um, I love the theme of grief. I also like the theme of vengeance a little bit and how it's played with here into Shuri's character. I love that Shuri's journey is a lot different than T'Challa's and I love how we give her a much different view of not only Wakanda, but also the Black Panther and everything that encompasses that and how it plays into her being a technologist and a scientist really did like Letitia Wright as that character. I think that it shows her maturity as an actor. I think from the first one, she's just kind of kiddish and fun. And you get that energy here in uh, in Ironheart, in Riri Williams, who is a knockout. I'm not seeing enough about Riri. She is so I good. I think that she naturally fit in with the other actors, actresses too. I thought her and Akoya's energy was great. Her and Shuri's energy was really good bouncing off of each other. And what's so nice is you get these really sad, you know, moments and it really is a love letter to Chadwick Boseman and does a great job, but it also is funny and fun. And there are fun parts to this movie. And for me, at least it didn't 
the comedy wasn't this like usual, uh, we're trying so hard type of Marvel humor. Like it actually just rolls right off the tongue for me, like with the Koye and the ashy head. Hilarious. I, I just thought it was super funny. The action scenes are great. I got a lot of good things, tons of good things to say about this movie, but I loved it, honestly. For me, top 10 MCU, uh, top 10 of the year. I loved it. And the score, oh, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Yeah, I actually, um, going back to your, what you said about how it's different than T'Challa's like origin story, I actually think it's very similar if you count his origin story as being what it was in Civil War, which is what we originally got from him, um, which he had to go through the same thing of, you know, watching his father die and then wanting to kill the person that killed his father, eventually, you know, saving his life. Um, and so I do think that's one thing that I liked and I picked up on it pretty quickly because, I mean, they used a lot of the same shots. If you like go back and watch the uh, the end of Civil War versus you watch like it's the, the battle exact scene. same line, I, I believe. It's yeah. the exact same line it's between her name very, and Zemo. Yeah. Very similar shots, very similar lines, um, but it is kind of, it was kind of that one thing where I was like, okay, like she did go on the same co- kind of journey that um, T'Challa had to go through in um, in Civil War, which I did actually enjoy from that. Um, Destiny, what about you? What did you like about uh, Wakanda Forever? Um, I do have some positives. Uh, I would like to add, too, to Nicole's earlier statement about phase four being about grief and loss and kind of learning how to deal with that and, like, how to, you know, go through your trauma and stuff like that and come out on the other side pretty much, you know, okay, not perfect, but a little bit better than you were before. Also, I'd like to say it's also low-key about banging because there are children um, that consistently are there's secret children everywhere um or there's children let me go let me go tap the explicit tab for this one oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm so sorry no 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 (laughs) go for it this is the adults only episode (laughs) i wonder where you were going because i thought maybe you were just saying it's full of hot people with which i would agree also like like banging as in dope i was like yeah Yeah. that's that's where my head was at as well right the one thing Sarah Finn uh I forgot her last name but the casting agent Sarah Finn uh she has like another part of her name that she uses sometimes uh she is gonna cast somebody's hot that is hot that's the one thing she's absolutely gonna do but um no it's it's also about like these children I think in a way and setting an example for these kids or like ushering these kids who are kind of lost right and then and then them being the mentor. And I, I and I think that's something that's cool. Anyway, uh, also about the Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Something that I liked, you guys already touched on. I love the women aspect. I love that scene. I think we need to study it in history. I don't know what Criterion needs to do, create a class, somebody of that Angela Bassett nation scene where she's basically like saying, hey, you guys tried to attack us when you thought we were vulnerable, but guess what? Like, I got you. You know what I mean? And that is that was just, that that made me sit up. Like, I really, really love that scene. Um, I think the actor Tenoch uh, Huerta, uh, who plays Namor, was brilliant. I thought his backstory was really well uh, done and flushed out. Uh, but of course, you have two hours and 41 minutes to do that. But I thought like he was a really great villain. Um, and I think the other thing that I wrote down here 
was that I loved um, the interaction between Umbaku and Shuri. I thought that that was really cool. I kind of wish they would have played with that dynamic a little earlier in the movie. It felt a little late for him to kind of be like, oh, and guess what? Like T'Challa told me to watch out, you know, uh, watch out. What is what is the word I'm looking for? Watch out over you or whatever. But I thought it was a really cool dynamic. So I can't wait to kind of see that play out in the future, I guess. But yeah, those are my little things for now. Uh, Adriana, what about you? Well, I have a lot of pros about this movie. Um, I do want to quickly say I am also on, since you know everyone else said something about Phase Four. Um, I'll definitely acknowledge that I'm you know I've definitely noticed a declining quality in the fourth phase with like a couple of exceptions like Loki, um, and Ms. Marvel. Uh, but I was this saving was Phase Four slander for later. <laughs> so. Okay, my bad, my bad. Um, (laughs) I said I said mostly good things. Um, uh, But yeah, no, this movie I I absolutely loved. I I liked how like I I saw some people saying like, oh, this movie feels too Marvel-y. I never felt that like except for when Martin Freeman showed up. Like I never really felt that with this movie. It really did feel like singular, much like the last film, like very standalone-ish, like when it was focusing on Wakanda. I thought like, I think this is by far the best directed thing in the MCU. I thought Ryan Coogler just did an outstanding job, especially given the circumstances he was given. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's very like, I, I'm not people talking about how beautifully shot this film is. I don't know why, but like, it's so well shot. Like obviously the costumes are like an improvement on the first one. Like the score is incredible. Like, I, I just was, and like that third act, like that battle between like Shuri and uh, Namor, it was brutal. Like I was like, I was genuinely cl- like, you know, clenching my seat. I was like, oh my gosh, like what the hell? They're allowed to do this? Like, and you know, and honestly, and I will say that that make I, I felt a lot of emotions when they were uh, dealing with Chadwick, but that that big credit scene really got me like hard. So yeah, really um, great movie. Yeah, no. Uh, before we get to um, Kinsey, I agree. I think Phase Four has been probably one of my favorites, um, just top to bottom. I think in this phase they really went for a lot of things, like with Shang Chi and Miss Marvel, and they really kind of like really went all out for doing something different. And then they also, you know, like you guys said, with this and with no way home and with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and all that dealing with grief and starting it into real world um, issues as well. Uh, I really don't have much more other than what everyone else has said. Um, positives. I thought when it was dealing with Chadwick, I thought it dealt with the whole situation very well. Um, I did like that. They kind of got into it right away and just was like, Hey, this is how we're going to handle this. Um, and then we're going to, you know, try to move on from his actual like presence in the movie. Um, I did enjoy that. And I liked enough of the story to make me like it, but I had a lot more issues with it than, um, what I did like Kenzie, did you have, did you have much that you liked? 
Um, I liked a lot of the technical aspects. Like the costume design is just. I saw a lot of people being like, "Can Ruth get in again?" Because like it would just be like an extension of the work she did in the first one. But I do feel like she did so much more work here and there was like an adidas sponsorship they had to like work into the film which i am sure she was like what <laughs> like can't i just do what i want to do but um i think the costumes are beautiful especially like i don't think a lot of people are think about the way costume design works when you have to think about it in motion also and Marvel movies, obviously, there's a lot more emotion going on with the fight sequences and now the underwater work. Like, there was a lot more to consider here um, compared to the first one. And then um, the hair and makeup design is beautiful in this film. I, like, there are so many different kinds of work going on and it just, like, it really helps transport you to another country, literally. And, like, in this one, it's, like, a second kind like, under what like literal civil civilization um and i think the editing's really great in this i think there's a lot going on at all times and it feels like five different kinds of movies yet it's somehow like it's all spliced together very well um but I also really like the performances i i agree with um Nicole i feel like Letitia Wright rightfully gets a lot of like thrown at her um but I don't think people understand how hard it is what she had to do here like I don't think she knew when she signed on for these movies like the weight she would be given so quickly even if eventually that was always the plan like I I don't know how she was able to do this because like Nicole is saying these are actors not only dealing with the passing of a character that they're like portraying as family but like I'm sure all of them considered Chadwick family and I can't imagine showing up on set like also grieving again um and I just gotta say Ryan Coogler I need him to get a blank check from whatever studio that he is able to write and direct something it doesn't even have to be original it can be something like Creed again I don't know but like what that man can do with a camera is just wild like it's crazy um and more Winston Duke shirtless more Winston Duke um in short I don't know like Winston Duke like just more and the skirt <laughs> like literally the man but he's also like I love the scene with him and Sherry I think it's way too late in the film I completely agree with that but um he is obviously a very large person like he I don't know how tall he is but like he like looms over people but like he's so intimate and soft and like that moment is just so he's six five six five like that he enough about Lee Pace being six five oh my god they could I it's like a whole foot taller than Tom Cruise it's like a foot and five inches taller than me but like that's besides the point but like um Wait, yeah, okay. Imagine Winston Duke, Lee Pace, and Elizabeth Debicki leading some like leading a rom com. A rom com. Our necks would hurt from looking up the entire time. <laughs> Literally, yeah. The poor, the poor lighting crew and everybody. The poor rig. Crew. Okay, I was they thinking keep popping about into that. the mics, <laughs> and they were like, they're they're so different in height. I was like, oh my god. 
But um, I, I loved his performance, which I feel like nobody would really talk about. But I also just want to say um, Dominique Thorne, she plays Riri. Her filmography is wild. It's like Beale Street, Judas and the Black Messiah, and this. Like, what? Like, I... Wow. An icon. An icon, truly. And I also got to say, the song they're pushing for Rihanna... I think it's good. I think it is slow and it's not what I wanted from Rihanna's return to music. But in the sense of the movie, I feel like it works. But Rihanna crossed the line with me and I will not be campaigning for her. I'm very sorry. But yeah, I I did have some good things about the movie. It was just not anything story driven. Okay, so do you want to go ahead and transition into the bad? Okay, I'm just gonna like clear the air. I'm <laughs> gonna clear the air for anyone who's listening that does not know me. This is literally my second Marvel movie, and my first one was Black Panther. I do not watch them. Um so I'm not familiar with their pacing and their storytelling. But um I Black Panther like really spoiled me I guess from my only Marvel movie because it feels like a standalone movie that I'm sure pieces into something else but you can watch it on your own and this movie I literally was so confused 98% of the time I did not understand like Julie Louise Dreyfus like what is she doing here Lake Bell being in this like I was just I was so confused about so much. And I understand that Disney wants to make more money than they already make. But, like, maybe just let people make movies that, like, stand on their own. It is already a sequel. And I'm sorry, this movie already had so much work to do because of the loss of Chadwick. Like, that is not what they anticipated happening, obviously. And to have to put that pressure on... Ryan Coogler, and I don't remember the person who co-wrote it, but, like, the pressure of handling that in a kind way, but also, like, moving the story forward to then be like, can you add in all this other stuff for these, like, seven movies and ten TV? Like, it just, it took me out of it. I still don't understand what Julia Louis-Dreyfus was doing here because she never came back. She never came back. She was like three scenes and brought up that she was married to the guy that was in the first one which by the way I'm so confused that Anderson Cooper exists in this world but the Hobbit doesn't I was like so confused like but what have I, they ever mentioned Lord of the Rings in any of the Marvel movies for people who I know they, they, they've been big with Star Wars I don't know if they've done they Lord of mention the Rings. it in Falcon and the Winter Soldier okay so right i think there's a comment that bucky makes about reading when it comes when it came out yeah Yeah. so the hobbit book at least we know exists oh yeah in world also i want to say really quickly when anderson cooper came on uh my mother went oh my whole theater was like what like yeah it was like my mom was thrilled (laughs) anderson cooper and megan the stallion existing in the mcu is just so wild it's yeah when they do like things like that it really takes me out of it like i still don't understand what year a star wars born 2018 takes place in it like keeps me up at night because there are no cell phones in that movie but like 
there's like Tyler the Creator music playing. I'm like very confused as to what, but that kind of stuff, whatever. But the other thing is the CGI in this movie is so bad. And I don't know if it is because they played the Avatar trailer right before, but I was like, I, it's bad. It is bad. Like, I, like, I don't know. It really was like hard to watch at times. Um, I do think like the water work was impressive, but other than that, I was like, this just looks like I'm not watching it at home. Like it didn't. Well, not the feel... worst for me was the Riri Williams is like Iron Man suit okay i just gotta say i've never seen iron man so i don't know about this but the screen just being their face in black i was like what am i watching i was so so that's definitely that is yeah Yeah, that's that's like a heavy iron man i did not like that i I thought talokan was ugly yeah it was very (laughs) flat it was like i was like i'm sorry there's a dark pyramid in the corner and i'm supposed to be in awe of that like it it was very flat. Like the only part of it that I liked was when the sun or whatever came out. But even then I right. was like, I don't know. It felt very small in the way they made them go on this like journey to get there. I was like, why is it so small? If it's like, it very much felt to me like they're adding this into the Marvel expansion of California Adventure. Like I was like, I... I don't know. I I feel really bad, but like watching it, I was like, Martin Scorsese was 1000% right. Like I, I felt like I was on a ride. Like I didn't feel like I was watching a movie and it just, I don't know the, and the, the fights are really like choreographed really well, but like just the placement of, I don't know. It felt very weird. And I have some complaints about not understanding the person she sees because she sees her mom later. I just was very confused by why she got to do that twice. Um, well, I, I, I understand why she saw Killmonger. I understand why she saw him, but why did she see her mom later? I was so confused and i also just like this movie is so long and i felt like there were sequences that like went on for so long for no reason like why do i need to know that the hobbit guy was married to julie louise dreyfus yeah why did I need to know that no honestly their whole plot didn't need to be in that movie and I think it literally only is because they wanted it must have it must is going to be in some other Disney something I can I can I can almost say with almost 100% certainty Ryan Coogler did not want to put that in there no I will say though I do think that they used it like Ryan Cooler used it as best as he could. Yeah. And that I do yeah. think that it makes yeah. an important point of the fact that like Wakanda is partially under pressure to deal with this whole situation with Namor totally. because of the fact that the US government is ready to invade. And it was an easy way to sort of work that in 
in a way that like they wouldn't have otherwise really known that per se yeah and you know and then, what if it would have just popped in right there i think it would have mm -hmm. worked but just the mm -hmm. whole yeah. thing Kenzie, it was the, the coming it was life and all that was, like and getting into something that, in wakanda and then coming back to it and yeah, then going it like yeah like they kept going mm -hmm. back and forth and mm -hmm. i was like I would have understood if, like, they showed Julia Louise Dreyfus like outside of Riri's dorm or something. Like, she was like part of the people that surrounded them or whatever. But I was like, I don't know. It just felt really weird. I would been if it had just been the bit out, like at the um, at what they're Lily? they're calling like a car crash or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where they're mm -hmm. investigating that and they're like, it must be the Wakandans. Um, then I think that would make sense if it was more of a like one-off cameo. I do think it was the fact that like. It kept coming I'm trying back. to go back to her. And then she yeah, just disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and then she, I was like on yeah. edge. I was she, like, she had to tell up? us. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, that was it. I'm just like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Like, because then she even had to tell us, like, oh, I put the, the bugs on the beads. And it's like, but when did you do that? We saw mm -hmm. you arrive to the crime scene. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we saw you. The go beads, there. the beads also that made me so mad that of course it was like this high tech little like device that would be the signifier to like keep everyone in line and everything like that. I um yeah, no, I going back to what Kenzie said about the original, I think the original was very lucky in the fact that it could be a standalone movie and made sense for being a standalone movie, given that at that time, Wakanda was still a secluded, like undiscovered nation. And they could have all of the internal struggles in the country um, during that. But yeah, I mean, I just think, I think this one, it tried to get too broad for me. And that's one of the biggest reasons why it didn't work. Uh, um, let's see, does anyone else have anything? To Kinsey's point, I think, or to Kinsey, oh my God, I cannot speak today, y'all. Um, it's been a long day. To Kinsey's um, point for like watching the Marvel films, I think you chose the best one to start with because of its standalone properties. Mm -hmm. And two is still a standalone, but yeah, it definitely has some like some, you know, some larger MCU flavor yeah. to it, but it still yeah. works as a standalone. I also do want to say like, with Ironheart, I will say that felt seamless. That didn't feel forced to me. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm with you there. I, speaking yeah. of Phase Four as a whole, I think that might be it's a little bit of its Achilles' heels. They forcefully try to set up next movies and future projects with stuff mm -hmm. that could easily just been cut out. Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness was a vehicle for for yeah. whatever's next. Like that's I I cannot. I'm not allowed that. to talk about yeah. that movie anymore. I'm, okay, I'm with you. Yeah. I did, I was so disappointed in Multiverse I was of Madness. Just like what is happening? I love me some Benedict Cumberbatch, child, and I love me some Doctor Strange. Yes. And then WandaVision, It was like you know, sorry, brief detour here, but like we saw WandaVision. She worked. Mm -hmm. She worked through it. She wasn't completely healed. But it needed a bridge. And people mm -hmm. were like, but the book, she was reading. The it's like, yeah, she was reading that crazy ass book at the end of WandaVision. But we needed to That's see that enough. change. That's not enough. That's too much. Yeah. I've, I've got to say, Wakanda Forever made me feel Same. so much better because after Multiverse of Madness, I was like, shit, I thought that Marvel was over its women problem. And clearly it's not. And then in Wakanda Forever, oh, I was like, oh, okay, we can, we can write women sometimes. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, because and, after uh, Immersive Madness, I was like, I feel well, like this is 
freaking Natasha also, all over again. You also have to remember oh, that the writer of Multiverse of Madness was basically like, oh, yeah, they wanted to use Wakanda, or not Wakanda, they wanted to use Wanda as a villain for an upcoming Marvel movie. But I thought, why would I do that when I could use her in the villain in this movie? Um, basically a direct mm-hmm. quote from Michael Waldron, who wrote uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Um, and I think that that went into it a lot. It's weird. It's like the times they give people freedom, they give the wrong people freedom. And it really ruins and messes up a lot of stuff. And then the times where they forcibly put stuff in, you know, for example, this movie, it really starts taking out of what I feel like I, the director and writer's vision is. I do just wonder at what point, because Marvel movies are obviously like a centerpiece of our culture and for like people going to the movie theaters, but like it's fine that they don't want to include people like me who have not seen them and like don't flock to this kind of movie and like genre, but like at what point are you like? telling me i can't come in because i am not gonna watch like five tv shows and like 30 movies like and it's it's totally fine like because i feel like some of my friends that are like offline are like just not into movies like they're like oh i saw you post about this movie i'm like i don't think you would like it (laughs) i like i understand like there are movies for certain people but like these movies make so much money and like dominate like like, I was talking to Adriano. I think Black Panther will be number one at the box office until Avatar. And then Avatar will take over, but Black Panther will probably be two or three until, like, the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But, like, at what point are you, like, not letting people come in unless they're watching all of this? Like, and I think Oh, it's very issue... interconnected at this point. Yeah. Like, it's and very interconnected. And, and, and also, there's all, these TV, there's all these TV shows now. And okay. they said going in... That you don't need to watch the TV shows, mm-hmm. but then you bring in people like Val, which confuses people who don't even watch the TV shows. So yeah. honestly, at this point, it's gotten so interconnected that yeah, if you're outside of it, it is gonna and be I a think, and, it, and I was like, is... and I was like cool with it when it was like what two movies a year, like which is like yeah. all right, you can get connected. And now it's like, oh, I gotta watch three movies a year and nine thousand hours of tv a day like <laughs> d- so you can know what this character means in one in the 30 minute mark of one of uh doctor strange it's like well now it's too much oh and don't no, mention those well, comic-con panels that now we're setting up for those shows in the same movie and it's just a lot the so, problem yeah. is though as long as they continue to make this much money there's no incentive for them to try to open it to more people well i think so I it's, think it's that... kind of like this weird thing of like if you're not in by now like there's no incentive for them to try to get you in. Well, I will say, I mean, obviously Thor and Doctor Strange made buckets, but I will say they did like neither of them crossed a billion. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I think there is I feel like there, there could be some incentive soon for them to slow down. I think and well, granted, I think I grant I think those two was because word of mouth was not the best. But word of mouth is pretty amazing with Black Panther right now, especially amongst audiences. So if that doesn't cross a billion. Which I, I, it probably will, it will. But like if it, but it, 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 in, in, if there is a reality where it doesn't, that might make them snap out of it. I just like it's just so weird to me to be like, like obviously showtimes for next weekend are now, but like they are for like the newer movies, and it's like they're they're barely showing any of them because of the timing of it coming out against this, and it's just like 
so you're kind of putting me in this position where it's one of the only movies I can see if I'm going to a theater. But then it's like, I really can't because like I was confused by a lot of what was happening. And I just, it's the same thing as like Star Wars, which is also a Disney thing where it's like, maybe you're putting out too much and you're kind of like not making the experience special anymore. And it's like, I I personally don't think there's anything wrong with like three or four, even four movies a year because like you could do one a quarter essentially. But it's just like, there's no time off. Like there's no anticipation. Like I feel like a lot of us, I mean, I remember being like, well, where is the Black Panther trailer if it's really coming out? Like, but then they gave us that trailer and we were like, oh, never mind. Like, why did we doubt this? Like, but it's like, you th- that's like a very different scenario than all the other ones. Whereas like, they could have really made Christian Bale joining the MCU like a special thing. And I feel like we kind of like, it came and went. Like, it, mm-hmm. but it's because there are so many of them. Like, there are all these TV shows. It, like the timeline is always Marvel because there's always something Marvel on, whether it's at home or in theaters. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like there's no anticipation. <laughs> like it's like this never-ending. Like I don't know. It's just like it's always on. Like we're you cannot. Yeah, we're in. We're in it, was, it was. We're in perfect corporate conglomeration. That's hell. the thing is, oh, it I'm feels very. <laughs> It feels very corporate and it's like I don't know it doesn't seem fun like I remember like when like it was fun the way people were talking about um the Spider-Man with all of them no way home no way home. Yeah, like I feel like there was like a fun conversation around that whereas like that doesn't that doesn't happen for like any of them until like it's like a bigger movie like Black Panther has a huge conversation around it but like that conversation was not there for Thor and like it was not there Mm -hmm. for Multiverse of Madness had a lot going for it for a bit and then it just kind of slowed slowed down after well I will say I think that conversation ended the day it came out yeah (laughs) once people saw what happened and they were like oh uh, um, I'm pizza papa who but uh, going back to 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 Black Panther it's so funny to to hear you say like those are the things that had you questioning because because you're not really steeped into the MCU as the rest of us are but my biggest problem with the Black Panther and what made me like continue not to I liked it, but like the thing I guess that kind of pulled me out was the fact that the whole plot hinges on re-remaking this machine. She gives it to her professor. The machine ends up in the hands of Lake Bell, who, okay, that's nice. And then Namor wants to kill the scientist, which is Riri, who created the machine, but she's not the one who did the problems, right? Like She's Mm -hmm. not the cause of the issue, and Shuri knows that. So, like, why aren't they focusing on that part of the story? Like, who took the machine from the professor? Why are they using it? Why don't you go attack them, the colonizers, which is the true villain of this film, like you mentioned earlier, Nicole. Why are you guys attacking each other instead of trying to figure out who the hell took this machine? Because it's not her fault. And then they don't even share, Namor's so obsessed with killing her that they don't even share a scene together. That's asinine to me. Um, and 
yeah, basically, like, that conversation never happened. I don't know if it would have changed Namor's perspective if Shuri would have been like, hey, actually, she didn't create the, or she created it, but, you know, it wasn't her that did the vibranium search in the water. It was actually these people over here. And then they could have focused on that. You know what I mean? And then Namor could have been like, actually, no, she built it still. And that's my larger issue is that I want to get at the people who are creating it and not just one person, right? Because that's essentially what his point was. He wanted to attack the bigger issues that cause, you know, the trickle down uh, harm to his people and others. So I was just like, I can't, I, uh, that just stopped me. So I was like, all right, whatever. Um, And then I just let the movie happen. Um, and that, that's kind of where I landed, but I thought it was fun to watch. It's not, it's not, not fun. Like multiverse of madness was not fun. <laughs> I was like, you can have, it's like riding a plane, right? Agonizing. You're going to hit a little turbulence, <laughs> but like you have a good flight otherwise, right? Mm-hmm. But this is just like, ah, you know, the brakes are on for, for multiverse, but Panther was a little smoother, but there were some things that I was just like, no thanks. Multiverse was like an extended episode of WandaVision. I was like, okay, didn't we do this all? It was a filler episode. Mm -hmm. It felt like also, it was like they forgot all of WandaVision had happened. They were like, oh, remember all that emotional stuff? We'll have another podcast. You know know how we did everything right in WandaVision? Let's not do that. What if we did it wrong? Also, what if we blamed a woman being a mother for becoming a villain? Anyways, um, Um, also, they the sunned it. They the sunned it. Exactly. I don't know. I would also like the chat to ask the chat. I had to bring um, it up. Had to. Did you guys interpret that ending with Namor and that lady as evil? Like when when he was painting the mural. Okay. I did I did and I told my because my friend and I went together but we sat separately so like we couldn't like look at each other you know like you do when you watch (laughs) the movie so after I was like oh like is the next one like this guy like coming Mm -hmm. but she was like what are you talking about like that was so heartfelt I'm like I don't I I don't think so I think he is stewing he yeah I I thought in the ocean also question why are there like homes not underwater why are they like about like why is it air if they can't breathe <laughs> air i think it's just his hangout i think it's just his place that's like yeah. that because he can breathe outside of the water i, was I think like, that's just like his little private so room. we didn't have to shoot under i was like what is this like i was so confused i think it's to remind us that he's special and he can breathe both places <laughs> yeah but yeah i i feel like he's coming back for them no is he getting a spinoff is um the- I, I didn't take it as that because i yeah, kind of took it as either. more of um once Wakanda is going to be attacked, because it sounded like to me like they're going to be looking at Wakanda to try to get that to try to get the the um, feel like a Black Panther. Freak. I think they're going to actually ally with them against anybody who attacks them. That's kind of how I took it, but mm. I see where you're coming from. I I just took it as more of a like <coughs> okay. We're more I, I will say that, that that that's that scene. I think Namor's last scene where she, where he's basically just explaining that also kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But like I mm-hmm. in, in digesting it, I think it kind of you know I I, I did interpret it the way Leo did. And it felt more like a Black Panther three kind of setup. In a way. Yeah, see, but I is think it they even set it up where he could go either way. There's, oh, yeah, there's, I think what? there's going to be a three oh, for sure. No, I'm saying, sure. is this going to be something else before Black 
or three. Uh, like, like is he well, gonna... there's supposed to be a, a Wakanda series, but I think that's just going to focus on different characters in Wakanda. Yeah, I think that. Uh, the, listen, if they wait, wanted to the, be a Namor what, series, I'm here for it. it well, isn't, isn't, well, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the Wakanda series like a prequel? It might I be because I think be, it's more of which just I'm Dora so Milaje, down for. Holy shit! Yeah, I think, so. I think it's more of like a focus on Dora Milaje and different Akori. characters in Wakanda and Wakanda, and then which I am hundred percent in for. Mm-hmm. Give me but more yeah. lore in Wakanda. Oh my god, absolutely! Yeah, no, uh, no, no more uh, side projects, at least not yet. Yeah, no, yeah, not, not yeah. I, I heard of. Honestly, with him being a successful new character, I kind of feel like we just gotta wait and then they'll announce it at their next oh, convention. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. frankly I particularly he's, would like to see like a prequel show about him. Like okay, like the be more flashbacks to him like taking his mother back and what he found. Yes. Like I obviously that would felt less Marvel y to me. So I really liked that. But I also think it'd be such a cool approach to like make something about that. Like yeah i because that'd be great i just felt like it felt like very like like character driven but also it would explore his like non-human elements but anytime we can be like fuck the conquistadors i'm here for it so you know (laughs) and like the costume design for that entire sequence is so great because it's like a balance of like modern and royal versus like a time period yeah. but it's but I, I think that they've set him up well in that um I was on the awards watch podcast this morning talking about Black Panther Wakanda forever and I said that I really like what they did with him and that it feels kind of like the introduction of Loki and the introduction of Zemo where there is the possibility to turn them both like him into an anti-hero type of character now that we've sort of you know, Wait, it's that's very much... so funny because my friend was explaining him to me and was like, yeah. he's like Don Draper of the MCU. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? But I think it's the whole thing. It's like, he's the villain. He's Well, he's the antagonist. Well, okay, but he's, it's like, he's, correct he's, motivations, wrong yeah. methods, my dude. Yeah, like, just like Killmonger. I mean, really. Exactly. Yeah, and, I like, think this is, he... and honestly, like, Zemo, too. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, good motivations, but bad, yeah. like, extreme like, ways of going about it. Like, this is not how we do it, my dude. Um, we like, don't kill you-know-who. Um, also, I do want to just say spoilers, because I... <laughs> <laughs> got up. I got up when it's directed by Ryan Coogler and the strange man next to me told me to sit down. Um, I don't understand. You show more movie and like, I don't know. But um, that uh, the whole Lupita being away and then being like, you've been gone for five years. I literally was trying to find my friend behind me being like, she definitely had a child. Um but it was really sweet, and that kid was so well casted. He, he looks like really them, like him, and it made me really also. Though, imagine a child that had half like Chadwick's genes and half Lupita's, it would be the most beautiful child on earth. Um, but it was funny for me because literally, I had said since they dropped the trailer, like she's gonna have had his kid, like especially with the blip, it all like works really well that you can have these, you know, like you were saying, Destiny, like we got kids popping up all over the place. Um, and then the movie ended and I was like, well, I guess I was wrong. Like, I really thought it was going to happen. And that happened. And I was like, I was not wrong. Um, but I thought that scene, I was literally like, okay, the movie's done. I can stop crying now. And then that scene happened. And I was like, never mind, we're going back in. <laughs> but I thought that they handled that because I think that could have come out like very hokey 
And I thought that they actually handled it. So it just was very sweet and, and moving. And, you know, obviously it's set up for like some future project probably, but I also felt like it was like a really nice end to the film, especially because, you know, Destiny, what you were saying earlier about how phase four has also sort of been about this idea of like renewal and rebirth, whether that means characters like Miss Marvel and Riri coming in, who sort of are there to, to shepherd in this new like age. And, you know, like Hawkeye is very much about Mm -hmm. surpassing the mantle to Kate Bishop, but also this literal like new birth of, of younger people. Um, I just thought that was a really it gave it a very hopeful feeling to the ending. Um, yeah, Yay. and also I cried. <laughs> um, to get on to the next subject, um, of course, the show's about Oscars. Uh, and I guess I'll start with... I'll start with Adriano. Um, and we can just go around the panel and see what Oscar noms do you think Black Panther Wakanda Forever will actually pick up? Man, it's it's super weird because I I think it's up for a lot. Do I think it's gonna get all of them? I mean, probably not. But like, uh, I think costumes and song I can't fathom missing. Um, uh, and I really think that it has pretty strong chance of winning both. Um, I because I really think that the costumes I, like outdid themselves. Um, I think that visual effects is definitely in play because I do think it's an improvement over the originals, which was like a very criticized aspect of the original. Um, and, you know, I just think there's a notable improvement. Uh, production design, I, I I was not as confident as I was before because there is a bit of a, we you know, unlike costumes where it's a clear improvement, production design is an improvement, but like it does look familiar from the first one, but I still think that's in play makeups in play uh scores in play and so basically every tech except for editing and cinematography are in play basically is what i'm saying because also sound which you know does make you go well is it a picture player here's what i'll say i'm much less i'm getting there jacob um uh i am much less i i think it's more improbable than outright impossible i think it's, it's in my 20s still like because, you know, other than the moments with Martin Freeman, it, it still gave me the vibe that the first one gave me. It's just those moments are there. You know what I mean? So, you know, if it, if I saw it, like, sneak into, like, a PGA or an AFI, maybe it could sneak in there alongside the text with, uh, like, a la Nightmare Alley. But, like, it's not something I'm betting on right now. It's in the lower half of my 20 right now. But, you know, tech-wise, I think it's fully in play. Kenzie, what about you? Um, I don't think picture is happening at all. I think this one veers too far into being a superhero movie, and we know how they feel about that. Um, I do think it's in for costume designs and probably visual effects and maybe sound. Sound, I'm a little hesitant on just because we have five slots versus the original 10 um i also think if it does get in on the shortlist for hair and makeup it could do really well at a bake-off for that um production design feels very open surprisingly because i feel like there's a lot of contenders so i just feel like it kind of like depends on if a guild acknowledges it beforehand um 
and I I don't even I don't obviously we're talking about Oscars but since this one SAG ensemble the original one SAG ensemble I don't think it's going to be in contention um mostly because it's like I don't think it's in for picture and I don't think it's going to show up at PGA and AFI and NBR like I don't think it's going to show up on any of those lists and I think that's going to like prohibit it from being nominated at SAG and SAG is still not confirmed to air on TV and I think that ultimately hurts it because that's another place you're not sure if you're going to really see them on TV or not um but uh, if, if, if I can just take you off like a little bit quickly, I because I, I do want to bring up SAG back to a point I made where like if it made those, I would get it. I will say if it were to get a SAG ensemble, um, I wouldn't do anything drastic. Like I, I just want well, to I just don't think it's even in consideration mm-hmm. for SAG ensemble this time. I, I don't think, agree with that. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not predicting it. Michaela Cole is in this movie and win like win she's in like what two scenes and like barely does anything and that was so upsetting to me because mm-hmm. she is one of the most talented people working today and it just felt like she was so underutilized like this movie does not it kind of struggles with what the first one absolutely did not struggle with which is like I felt like everyone had a moment to shine in the first one and this one it felt like they kind of like lost their footing a bit giving people moments um which I mean is strictly like I just think they had so much to tackle with this one. But I, it just like, it doesn't feel like a utilization of the cast the same way the first one did. And I think that's what would prohibit it from getting in at SAG Ensemble. But even if it gets in there, I think this movie already had like, it's a sequel working against it to get into picture because like we've never seen that happen. And now we're like, I mean, I'm very not into Top Gun Maverick but like that's the sequel that's getting in and then like Glass Onion and then like Avatar it's just like there's so much so many sequels and then this one also is a Marvel movie and the first one broke in and like that was a big deal and like I just feel like I was too much working against it to get into picture but I do think it'll pick up some text I just caution design visual effects are like the two I feel like it's for sure in but I, I just don't. I, the other categories, it kind of depends on like how what gets in. But I do really, really think if it gets on a short list for hair and makeup, that it'll have one of the best like um, presentations at the Bake Off, and it'll get in for that because it's great work. And they did the underwater hair and makeup is like blowing my mind. Like it, it just looks so good, and I can't imagine having to like work with that. Um. It's just like this untested like way to do it, and it's really great work. But yeah, I just I I'm sad because I really was like that first teaser. I was like, oh my god, it's getting into picture. And then I was like, it's not gonna happen, but it will definitely join the billion dollar club. That is for sure. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And going back to the SAG thing, I think only like two sequels have ever been even nominated for SAG ensemble, and that was both lord of the rings um i just don't think there's a lot of history that really is there for it and i think there's a lot of really good ensembles that will probably hold it back um but i wanted to i guess before we finish it off um i wanted to talk about what black panther did win and how this film stacks up 
in um, in those cases. So with original score, costume design, production design. I know we talked about costume design and production design a little bit. Um, does anyone have any like thoughts or opinions on the score? Do you think it was better or worse than the original? Um, anything like that? Destiny, uh, do you want to start? I I'm unfortunately. Um not into the rihanna songs and then i was listening to all the stars the other day and i was like that was a banger uh the first black panther soundtrack was a banger the music was a banger in, in wakanda forever but i'm not into the rihanna songs, so i don't know like give it to taylor swift for where the crawdads sing <laughs> um so no score what? nomination for <laughs> me <laughs> no i'm i will do hair and and costumes that's it for me. Man. Anyone else? Um, I think the score was better this time. I don't think the soundtrack was better, though. I definitely yeah. think yeah. what Kendrick did. I think me, the first one was an absolute banger. But yeah. this one, Lift Me Up, I actually really love Lift Me Up. I just don't foresee it winning. I think it could sneak in the song. I don't think it's going to win, though. But, man, I, all the stars. You right, Destiny. That was oof, yeah. so amazing. Yeah, sorry. I, I don't I, I, feel I like this awesome. production design is that is like different enough from the production design in the first movie for it to get a nomination. Even like it's it's good, it's fine. Oh, there, there, but there's particularly, enough differences to sneak in a weak field. I think. I don't. I, I don't really think it's don't a weak field happening. though. I don't think it's a weak um, field. Not strong. Mm. It's it's. I mean, I mean, there's Wakanda was barely in, and the more came up and beat everybody's ass. Exactly. (laughs) Like I think there was too much where like there wasn't much production design happening. Where was Wakanda? Lots of water splashing into Wakanda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That we got to see more of Wakanda. You know what I mean? Like it's cool Mm -hmm. that we got to see like the village people and stuff like that, and um, not the band, obviously. Um, but then uh, you know, it came tumbling down or whatever. But yeah. We didn't get to Absolutely linger cool. enough in Wakanda, though. Like, it just jumped no, from we location did. to location so much that it was like, boom, you're in Wakanda. Okay, now you're here. Now you're there. So Wakanda's in it more, but, like, not Not longer. really. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right, Nicole, definitely. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, and I think, I definitely love that Ludwig won for the original Black Panther, but I do actually think that this work is better having the you know, traditional tracks, having the emotional tracks. Um, I, again, I just think it's too similar. And I think that the field of scores getting stronger and stronger. And um, I think it's, it's one of those that they'll see it, they'll listen to it, they'll like it, but they'll go with something else because he's a winner. He's done a winner for this kind of movie, all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, does anyone else have any like final thoughts on Black Panther Wakanda Forever before we get out of here? Uh, I, I do want to point out. Oh, oh go ahead, Adrian. Uh, I I do want to point out that uh, I actually I I I do agree that all the stars is certainly better, but I actually really vibe with lift lift me up. I thought the I other song it, she did was better. Mm, that was a good track. Yeah, I liked. I think I liked that one better than lift me up. Um, Born Again. I gotta yeah. listen to it. Maybe I just... It was real good. Um, uh, 
I, I wanted to say I would love to see Bassett get nominated. I know she's not gonna. I love. I, I love she it too, so but I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Yeah. Maybe like a sneak Globe nom, and and that's as much as I'm reaching. Well, I was gonna say like maybe a sneaky SAG nom, and like that would be okay. The yeah, only, true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The only I'll, I'll SAG that, nom that they like, get. I'll give you that one, but like you mm-hmm. know, still a reach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, still very much a reach, especially in supporting actress, which is filled with oh, you know. Uh, a lot of ensemble pieces um but yeah that was our conversation about black panther wakanda forever uh destiny where can people find you online i am on twitter until it burns into the ground and <laughs> you can find me at destiny dreadful uh yeah over at twitter um leo where can people find you well, first off, thanks for having me on. You can find me at Geekly Goods on all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And Nicole? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Nicole Ackman 16 And I also will be with Twitter until this ship goes down. <laughs> uh, Adriano? Um, yeah, you can find me at, on Twitter at Adriano or just Adriano Caparuso, as well as at my YouTube channel. And also... I know. Go watch the menu this weekend, please, for the love of God. Um. All right. Let's get through the the list that I've got. Uh. You can find Kenzie online on Twitter at Kenzvenunu. You can find me online on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox at Tberry fifty seven. You can find the show online on Twitter and Instagram at Oscars underscore Central. Uh. And at oscarcentral.com um thank you to leo and destiny for coming on and until next time that's the show